Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We have been uh, we've been in a season um, that has been marked by a little bit of crazy. Anybody? No. Anybody know anybody? Not you, but know anybody in your world that has gone crazy? Three of us. Awesome. Okay. No nudging. Again, this is a nudge-free zone. <laughs> He's talking about you, honey. No. Um, <laughs> um, and one of the things that I remember uh, years ago, I was working uh, for the University of Kennesaw, and I was asked to do a job. And I looked at them and I said, um, I was, so I was an admin, and I was given a job which would require me telling PhDs what to do. Now, do you think PhDs are going to listen to me as an admin? No. 100% no. I don't care who I am. I don't care if I'm Jesus come in the flesh. A PhD does not listen to an admin. That's not how it works. And I looked at him and I said, the definition of impotence or powerlessness is responsibility without authority. In other words, you have to do it, but you have no power to do it, right? Anybody been in that place? Where you're like, okay, you're asking this of me, but literally there's no capacity to do that. That's wonderful that you want that. It's wonderful that you think I can deliver that, but there is no way I can deliver that. And one of the things I've realized is that powerlessness is when we try, when we have responsibility without authority, but insanity is when we try to have authority without responsibility. In other words, we attempt to have control over where we have no responsibility. Now, we get this a lot in Arise, the joys of Arise, is we are encouraging you to dream and have passion, and like you saw things off the menu, you're like, yes, that is the will of God for the nations! And we'll have people, and they're like, you know what the problem with Arise is? That's always a good way to start any conversation. You know what the problem with you is, right? You know what Arise needs? Boom. And we're like, that's amazing. Because you know what's coming next, don't you? It's your, yeah, exactly. You're like, I want to have authority that this happens. Well, then how about a little responsibility? Oh, easy, tiger. Let's not get queried away. I don't do things. I just tell people what to do. That's my spiritual gift. (laughs) To attempt to have authority without responsibility and not understand the feedback that's coming at you in life is to make you crazy. Why? Because it disconnects you from reality. When I try to exert authority, but I have no responsibility, there are no results apart from manipulation, domination, and control, which are not fruits of the Spirit. And so if I keep thinking I have authority in an area where I have no responsibility, the result will be crazy. Why? Because I will get disconnected from reality. I'm failing to recognize. Now, how can you tell if you don't have authority and you're not taking responsibility in an area is because when you try to do something, nothing happens. There's no result. Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit, right? And so we're going to be going after authority today because I'm going to tell you this. If you know where your authority is, you can take responsibility and the kingdom of heaven can be manifest in that space. 
But when you try to have authority where you have no responsibility, nothing's going to happen. And if you try to have responsibility with no authority, you just get crushed. But when you stand in the place of your authority and take responsibility and partner with heaven, all things can be possible. And so if you know that, everything can change. Some of you have been in a season of powerlessness and helplessness and no results. Guess what? I can promise you, you are not in the place of your authority or in walking in your responsibility. Because if you were in, in partnership with God, if you were, then the results will flow. I'll give you an example. When you, if this lamp over here, if I have it, I'll grab it over here. It's a wonderful lamp. It's beautiful. The best Ikea can offer. And um, um, it's, it's, it is a lamp. It has, um, it has the responsibility to make light, right? And beat people, apparently. But it's missing something because it's not aligned with its authority. And therefore, even though it has a responsibility to give light, nothing happens. What's the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, right? Who are my clickers? You know, it doesn't work on your computer screen, so you click 23 more times. <laughs> Does that help? No, you actually just opened four. It couldn't open the first file. Now you're opening 24 of the same file it couldn't open in the first place. And your computer goes, I'm done. <laughs> that is the, and so, so what I want to give you is you were made to let your light so shine before people that they would glorify your father in heaven. But the only way that happens is if you're plugged in and walking with that. So we're going to get into the word today. Uh, put on uh, your shoes. Who has Bibles? Who would like a Bible? And we can follow along. It's on page 662. If you get this one, you get a... a all right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. Now, for those of you who are your super Bible people, what happened right before Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 6. That's my people. I, oh, man. I love it. I love it. Matt, wow, you can't, can't snow you guys. And what comes before chapter 6? Wow. Oh my gosh, okay. You're going to have to, yeah, we'll just receive it by faith. All right, there we go. All right, so um, here's, how, here's the deal. Is chapter 5, 6, and 7 is what we usually call the Sermon on the Mount. It is the dense, uh, condensed form of what Jesus was preaching in his ministry. It's one thing after another. And here, I remember as a new believer, I read the, 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 um, the Beatitudes and, and I read through the um, Sermon on the Mount. And who here read it and you weren't encouraged, you were condemned? Where are my people? Oh, thank you. Awesome. I love honesty. No, because Jesus is doing something. He's saying, you all have been Jews. You have done your level best to be good people. You've done, lived according to the law. And he simply is saying over and over again, it's not enough because God has something more for you. What is he saying? You're taking all responsibility, but you're not walking in authority. You're doing it in your own strength, like that lamp there not plugged in. What is he saying? He's saying there's more. Now, if I think it's up to me to make the more happen, I'm condemned. But if I hear about the more and I realize it's available, not by my power, but by his, I'm encouraged. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? So the whole point of the Christian life is not that you do better, but that he does exceedingly more than you can ask, think, or imagine through you. Does that make sense? So this is where we're coming on the end of this, right? He has been preaching something, and he's just like, listen, if the Pharisees said this, take it to 11, right? All right, chapter uh, 7, verse 28. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed, shocked, in awe at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. What do, what do you think that meant that he's had authority versus the teachers of the law? What do you think? He had authority. That's true. People listened. Power. They could feel and sense and know that what he was talking about wasn't true theoretically, but true in life. That's the fundamental thing. Listen, run screaming from people with theory. Follow people with practice. Run screaming from the people who've got all the answers. Follow the people who have fruit. And what they saw was that the Pharisees, the more, the more righteous they became, the more ticked off they seemed to be at everything. All right. So he saw authority. They saw that he was connected up to something more than what they had. When Jesus came down, verse 1 of chapter 8, when they came down from the mountainside, in other words, came out of this place, he's preaching all this stuff. It's time to put it into practice. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can be made clean. And now we had an amazing teaching uh, by Brian and Steph with the uh, prophetic last week, if you were there. If you weren't, I'm so sorry. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, but no, the whole thing is it was talking about the fact that it's a deep desire of Jesus to heal. It is his desire. Because it says, Jesus said, reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Now remember what we said. To have responsibility without authority is powerlessness. He has a desire, but guess what? He has the authority, right? Because what happens to the man? Let's read on. And, and he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now what's happening here? He has all authority, right? But who else has authority in this story? The leper, right? When did the leper's authority manifest in this story first? After he heard Jesus from afar, and what did he do? He took his authority and went to Jesus, right? He did not, ah, anybody here, you've been suffering from something, you're just like, I think I lay down and die. No, Never? No? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus knows where to find me, right? No. He takes his authority and goes to Jesus. And he says, and, he's, and he takes that authority and makes himself vulnerable, what he is doing is socially unacceptable. He takes it. But then what does Jesus do? He has this moment where he heals him. But then what does Jesus do? He hands the authority where? Back to the man. Listen, there's been this fantasy in the church often that God is this Superman, comes down, saves us, fixes us up, take care of everything. We just kind of stand there. No, he came to empower us by his Holy Spirit to live as he did, not to do everything for us. 
So he gives the authority back and he says, go do this. And basically, go do that. Why does he go do that? Why did he say to go do it? As a testimony to them. In other words, go back and preach to the very people that said you're a loser, you're kicked out of society because it was the priest who did that. Go back to them and bring the declaration of my word. Wow. Listen, authority, when we walk it, take responsibility for what God's called us to, he gives us the authority to walk in that. All right? Moving on, chapter of verse five. When Jesus entered Capernaum, and so we got this little map right here. So Jesus was up on the Mount of Beatitudes, and uh, you, you'll just imagine with me. It was somewhere, I, I, I hopefully put it in there by faith. I don't know. Anyway, he was up on the Mount of Beatitudes, and literally down the hill, one mile, by, as the crow flies, um, down the hill was Capernaum where he lived. So where was Jesus making preaching? Where he lived. Who here fantasizes about going to the mission field so you don't have to see your family ever again? <laughs> if you don't do it at home, you won't do it there. I'm going to say something really bad. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, that's the problem with Holy Spirit. When you move out of the place of your responsibility and authority, you hear a little ding. <laughs> now leaving the zone of grace. You are now entering the realm of dead works. You may want to turn around. It smells lovely here. It smells like death warmed over over there. Make a choice. Anybody here driven past that sign? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to smell like roses on a dung heap. All right. Yeah. You know, uh, air freshener on a porta potty still smells like a porta potty. Just saying. All right. You, that's, what the, that's what he said to Jesus. Jesus said to the Pharisees, right? You're a bunch of whitewashed tombs. Porta potties with, a, with an air fresher. When Jesus entered Capernaum, he went back home. Listen, if you can't walk in it at home, you can't walk in it out there. If you're looking for escape from the place of your authority and responsibility, you'll never find it out there. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> People are like, can I see the menu? I want something else. Okay. <laughs> when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Now you have got to understand this. Here was a centurion. A centurion was God to these people. He was a, he was a, he was a leader of a group of 80 soldiers. Here he is. Anything he said went. Anything. If he wanted people to do things for him, they had to do it. He, if he wanted someone beaten, he could have that happen. He could do anything. And what does he do? He takes all of that authority and goes where? Goes low beneath Jesus' authority. He goes low. Why does he put, take all of his authority and go low under Jesus' authority? Because Jesus has something that he, his authority can't get him. So what does he do? He goes low and he says, Lord, I can't put into words how insane, how insane that would be. That would be like, I don't know. I can't, we can't have a, a correlation, but literally it's unbelievably. Why does he call him Lord? Because he recognizes only coming under his authority can he get what he carries. Let me tell you this. 
if you want what the fruit that you see on someone's life, you got to get low next to them. You got to get low. And get low does not mean I love this part about you, but I'm judging the heck out of all of that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have that gift of discernment. They're like, oh, they suck there. They're horrible there. They're horrible, horrible. But this has some fruit. I'll take that. Mm-mm. You don't get it. I tell you, I, I, I'm talking about myself in that. I've told it a thousand times, but I've sat under leaders and I'm like, but I like that. And God goes, if you can't honor the person, you can't have what they carry. But if you honor what they carry, you get for free what they have. That's called inheritance. That's the grace of the kingdom. And so uh, he honors him full stop. He doesn't go, Lord, who art thou a Hebrew who is under me? But I am going low to reveal your greatness. But you are still under me. He doesn't do that. Anybody, anybody been honored by somebody with a lot of asterisks after it? <laughs> or have you ever gotten a apology like this? I am so sorry that I reacted to how pathetic you are. And you know what I'm talking about? That's not honor. Honor is pure. Jesus said, I, and he said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Second of all, where is he? He's not just getting low for Jesus. He's getting low for his servant. Jesus said, to, he said, my, he's paralyzed and suffering terribly. Shall I come? And Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? Look what, look what Jesus does. Jesus is actually taking it to another level. He says, shall I? Are you going to ask me? Anybody, anybody have kids who do this? I have a problem. Would you like help? I have a problem. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? That's not how you get it met. I am really struggling. Can you please help me? Is there any vulnerability in, I have a problem? Is there? Is there any honor in that? No, it's a demand. But what does he do? He comes low, and, he, and so Jesus gives him an opportunity to come up. He says, and the centurion says this. Centurion takes it to 11. He says, replied, Lord, I do not deserve. He so recognizes Jesus' greatness, but he also recognizes it would make Jesus unclean to enter his house. Jesus, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. And so I know with soldiers under me, and I tell this one go and he goes, and that one come and, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. What is he saying? When you have authority, a result is automatic. So you don't need to click 23 times. If you're clicking 23 times, you may not have authority. If you're clicking 23 times, you may not yet have authority. No matter how much you do a rain dance to make it happen. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Now I have a question. How often is Jesus amazed in scripture? If you can amaze God, you are awesome. Now, he was amazed several times, but it wasn't for good reasons. Now, I've done that. I've amazed Jesus several times. I'm not lying. I'm good. 
I'm awesome. I have given him great cause to be amazed. Okay, I gave you all this and you did what? <laughs> you know, like I'm the lottery winner who like goes out and buys the silliest stuff, right? That's me. Like I gave you my life to go and bring, and you did what? This is perhaps the only time Jesus is amazed for a good reason. So we probably should pay attention. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have, found, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Why is it faith? Because he trusts that what he says he will do. He trusts that what he says is true. He trusts that when God does a thing, it is done. And he does not need to, uh, anybody here, you received a word from the Lord like this, that it's okay, it's done, it's taken care of, you don't need to worry. And you decided to, just for the sake of safety, continue to worry. I can't tell you the number of times I'm stressed and freaking out in my mind. And I've shared this about even going into a panic attack and the Lord goes, and the Lord, and I'm like, why don't you care? And he goes, he goes, I'm not worried. And in that moment, if I receive his word, I enter under his authority and everything changes. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven at the end of time. And there, and, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where they are, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's interesting he says subjects of the kingdom. Why is it subjects of the kingdom? Because see, if you are a subject of the kingdom, whose authority rests on you? But what he's saying is, though they be subjects of the kingdom, they are not under the authority of the kingdom. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me tell you this. This is not God saying, and I will whack them. Hear me on this. But anybody here, you may have already visited the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what weeping and gnashing of teeth is? Is Oh, why did I do that? What an idiot I am. That's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's the place of regret. It's the place of pain that you brought upon yourself. But listen to this. Then the centurion said to the, God, Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Wow. <laughs> Are you going to do? Okay, so as Peter is doing a scientific experiment over here with blue paint. This is my prophetic, I'm going to do prophetic art. Do you have an interpretation yet? Just checking. I want to say that authority comes and flows into us when we align under. Right? There's been such a, and I think for a good reason, there's been a lot of preaching about Jesus being our best friend, about him just walking with us and just being there for us and just pretty much fulfilling our every dream and making us self-actualized. Isn't his name Alexa? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but I want to say that until he becomes Lord and can tell you what to do, there is not going to be the flow of authority. Well, until you do what he says to do. Yes. Because only in doing 
is the power of God manifest. Not in the thinking, not in the wishing, but in the doing. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. sacrifice. Anybody here done that where you, part, you uh, haggled with God? God's like, go do this. I got a better idea. Okay, so we have this cool um, illustration. illustration that hopefully will work. Stand back. Stand back. I'm not a professional. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to move this off the yeah, carpet. Yeah, yeah. How do could that. this end badly? I think it could right, in many okay. different ways. <laughs> she has such faith in me. <laughs> I was like, he was describing this experience to me this morning. I was like, wow, but that's going to make mess. <laughs> He's like, well. <laughs> Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> All right. All right. So this bucket right here represents God. Never-ending abundance. Where God shows up, his presence comes, and with his presence comes love, and it comes power, and it's grace. Grace is actually the outflow of God's power, love, and presence into a situation. Anybody need God's love, power, and presence in a situation? Yeah. And it brings absolute change. And where it flows, kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does that make sense? <laughs> now, if I'm about to pour this out. Oh, please, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, was, like, Ryan was like, are you doing surprise baptism? And you get some baptism. You get some baptism. Now, for the sake of this experiment, I have colored the water blue. Because do you know that God's presence when it manifests, is visible. Why? Because people go, huh? How did that happen? Huh? That's not like you. Huh? Because when he shows up, it's different. Now, if I'm going to pour this, I'm just going to pour out God's goodness and grace and mercy and loving kindness. What's wrong? God doesn't miss, though. Well, how, would I, how am I going to get some of this... Wow. Ah, you nailed it. You nailed it. No, but hear me in this. I'm going to say something harsh to you guys. Gird yourself up like men and women. Some of you have been telling God he's missed. Now, if I am one of these glasses, these represent wonderful people. Um, if I'm one of these glasses and the pour of water is over here, how am I going to get filled? Align yourself Move your glass. But I put in an order to DoorDash. I, I clicked the menu option. Jesus! Some of you are in this house because of that very reason. You knew you had to move to get to where he was pouring out water for you. Listen, to stay in the same place and expect a different result just saying. You're going to have to move. You might have to cross some bridges. <laughs> and not the bridges of Madison County. All right. So what happens? It just flows and flows and flows and flows and flows. Oh my gosh, it's a mess. Why did the water not stay in the glass? Because it was full. Now here's the thing. Let me try a different way. This is the way I understood Christianity for years. I have water. I have water. You get some water. You get some water. You get some water. Ah! I don't have any water. 
Oh, where is the water? Where's the water? Anybody? Like, get filled up. Then I get my value from pouring out. Now, this guy over here has released way more water than this guy, but he's full. Why? Because he let out what was in him. He just let it flow, flow out. He didn't control it. He didn't contain it. And therefore, the water all around him became wet. So that many times, I, this, is, this is the way I've done Christianity. Not you, just me. I have a little bit of water. <laughs> Who really needs it? I'm running around slapping people with water. And, they, and I wonder why they get mad. But when I am soaking wet and the water, the ground around me is soaked, guess what happens? Whoever draws near to me gets wet. Yeah. And they taste. Now, they're not going to be filled by me. Nobody can be filled by me. But they can become hungry because of me. Of me. And that's why we say at Arise, it's a buffet. You have to choose what you're willing to take off the, of, off the, the trolley. So I have a practical illustration, too, from... Um, just life here, right? And a lot of things like we were talking today with the uh, worship application, right? So Marina has authority in the area of worship. Let's make her Marina. Okay. Marina's Marina. Marina, you oh, have no, a lovely... No, no, it's a Margarita. <laughs> 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 Let's just assume Marina is Margarita for today. Yeah. Salt? <laughs> um... And let's say she has authority in the area of worship that overflows. Oh, it's so I, lovely. Didn't, we, didn't it get squishy today? Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice and squishy. I enjoyed it. I got splashed. It's so good. Um, and you are a very worshipful cup. In that fact, unique. Glorious. Glorious. They need me because I'm different. Yes. But you are out here, and she is pouring authority over here in this area. If you are out here, you are not going to come through, right? So those little steps, and in the rise, we do a lot of little steps for you to come under the flow of authority, okay? Just in a lot of different areas, like with Academy, Anne, right? You get people to show up for a meeting, then you get them to do a testimony, and then they have an opportunity to speak more, right? Mm -hmm. With worship, you get to show up on the stage, you get to do, you know, do an application, do a video, <laughs> right? So there is steps where you have to literally position yourself under the flow of authority, mm -hmm. right? I cannot empower, I cannot give authority to anyone where I don't have authority, Come right? On. Come on. So I had authority, for example, over here to come and make up this little kid's bar, right, for the kid's ministry. Would it be so weird if I went to encounter and made a kid's bar over there, and they showed up, and here I am with all my stuff laid out? <laughs> but like, it was so sweet. They would be like, lady, what the heck are you doing? Like, this is very weird, <laughs> right? Because I have no authority over there. Right? If Anne got on stage and started singing, I think Marina would have an issue with it, right? <laughs> right? Because Anne has no, even though she has huge authority in another area, 
No authority over here. Neither do I. Goodness gracious. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have any authority in worship. <laughs> I have no rhythm and no musical ability whatsoever. <laughs> it would be really bad, right? <laughs> Looking for the word of the Lord. I, I, I don't know how to recover from that, honey. Um, this may be too much for even Jesus. Um, no, um, no. But but here's the deal. Um, we've seen this with um, home groups, where we have we lived for a long time, where we didn't actually have a house where we were allowed to invite people over because they banned parking in our air subdivision, because that's a thing. And so as a result, we would have home groups at other people's houses. Do you know what we discovered? We had limited authority. Even though we were in charge of the meeting, we had limited authority. Why? It's not our house. And when we try to have authority where we don't, it gets weird. Uh But I want to say something. You know, one of the reasons uh, I have often tried to take authority where I don't have it is because I'm not actually walking in the authority I have where I live. Uh See, you're meant to be powerful. And when you're not powerful, you will be trying to become powerful somewhere. And if you don't feel you can be powerful where you are, you will jump over here and you will try to dr- address things on a level where you're not called. You know, you'll walk into a church and walk into judgment over, over people. You'll walk into, you'll, you'll speak things over various things, over governments, over who knows what. Now here's, I'm just gonna say this really strongly. Do you know what the fruit of the religious spirit is? They were breathing out threats of death all day long. And I've heard this from folks that as they came under the political spirit in this season, they became so antagonistic to people. They would gussy it up with language, but at the end of the day, they were antagonistic to people. And that's a sign of the Antichrist spirit. The spirit of religion, the spirit of politics work together. The spirit of Herod work together in the same way to bring you under death. And listen, you can gussy it up all you want with as many uh, air fresheners as you want. It's still a porta potty. And don't, you can't paint dung and make it not dung. And if you keep painting more layers over it, it doesn't make it less dung. And we've got to quit trying to have authority where we don't. But if we will walk in the authority we have of being under the flow of life, guess what? We'll grow in our authority. Over time, we'll grow and we'll increase in the ability to be a blessing to the nations. When the righteous prosper, the whole city is blessed. But let's not be tricked into thinking that when this is not under authority of Jesus, when our lives are not overflowing, that we will have any real influence. Right? One of the reasons why the world does not honor the church is because they see nothing honorable. They don't see prosperity. They don't see success. They don't see integrity. And they don't see love. If these are manifest in the areas where we have authority, guess what? The world will run and say, please. Pharaoh looked at Joseph, who was just a prisoner, and he heard a man under authority, and he said, I want to get under that flow of authority. Same thing happened for Daniel. It doesn't happen through self-promotion. It comes through 
humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand and in due season allowing him to lift us up. If you keep reading through Matthew 8 and 9 and 10, it's actually a complete expose of authority. I really encourage you to do that. That's, that's the trailer. But what I want to say with all of that is, it ends with this. They, the, 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 um, right after the centurion, they go across the Sea of, uh, sea of Galilee. You guys remember that? And what happens? They, a storm comes up and Jesus is asleep in a boat. When he comes to, because they're freaking out, and they're like, don't you care? Right? And what, is, what happens? Jesus says, I am shocked at your lack of what? Whose faith was he amazed at? The centurions. Whose faith was he also amazed at? <laughs> Why? Why? Why would he be amazed at their lack of faith? Because he assumed he could go to sleep because they had authority. He had told them where to go, so they must have had authority to go there but they weren't walking in their authority. They get on the other side and the welcoming committee is a two demoniacs. Upgrade. Thank you, Lord. Double portion. And what does the demoniac do? The demoniac, okay, listen, you want to see a powerless person is a person who's demonized. What does he do with the, the authority he has in his little pinky? He drags all his demons to Jesus. Listen, you are not excluded. Don't say I can't be obedient to Jesus because of who I'm married to, because of the trauma I've been through. This guy had a thousand demons and he could tell them what to do. To enough to drag himself to Jesus. And when he did, boom, he gets set free. And Jesus releases those guys into a bunch of pigs. You know why Jesus released them into a bunch of pigs? Because he loves people. Because back then, they didn't have proper uh, cooking implements and trigonosis would cause serious problems. And that's why Jesus, God had banned it. And sometimes God will judge your sin. And what does he do when he judges the people's sin? They, they plead with him to leave. They take their authority to get themselves out from under his authority. He goes to the other side of the lake. Boom, what happens? A man, a, a leader of the synagogue comes up and bows before him. What? You know why Jesus is preaching outdoors? Because they can't handle him indoors. Y'all can't handle this. This is too much for y'all. And here this guy does. What does he do? He takes all of his political clout and shoves it at the feet of Jesus. He says, nothing matters. I need my little girl's dead. And as he walks, what happens? A woman with a flow of blood, 12 years. She's not going to let 12 years of evidence stop her from her opportunity. She's not going to allow that to be drunk. She runs to the feet. She's just, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. People have gone off all psycho about it. It was his talith and it was the knots and the knots spell Yahweh. It's not the piece of cloth, people. It's Jesus. <laughs> and it, Jesus says it. Behold, it was my talith that healed you. No, it wasn't. It was your faith. Amen. Why? Because she took authority over what she had and took it to Jesus. Put it at the feet of Jesus. He gets to the house of the, of the, uh, of the, the leader and, and all the people are like, ah, no, 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 no. it's so bad, it's so bad. Anybody been around some people like that recently? <laughs> the sky is falling. And he goes, shut up, people. She's just asleep. You don't understand how bad this is. I feel it's my calling to help you, Jesus, come under understanding of reality. He's like, I'm under another reality. 
Now, it might have been discernment because back then there was uh, encephalitis back then looked like death. But it might have just been he was just toying with whatever. But he knew the end because death is just sleep if you can wake it up. So he walks in there and he wakes up the girl and it's amazing. This is incredible. Everybody's audited his authority. And as he's leaving there, he's gripped. He says, oh my gosh, look at all these people. They're so overwhelmed. They're so hurting. They're harassed like sheep without a shepherd. What are we going to do, guys? What is he looking at? He's looking at the disciples. What are we going to do? When God asks you what we going to do, that's a really good opportunity. He says, guys, you know what you need to do? Tell us, Jesus, it's a bad problem. People need a law, yeah. He said, go ahead and pray that God would send out laborers in the harvest. That's a good idea, Jesus. I just pray right now, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray to Jesus that Jesus would send out workers into the, into the harvest. And Jesus goes, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I was just touched. I'm so touched that your, your, your prayer is answered instantaneously. It is? Yes, because verse t- 1 of chapter 10, he gave them all authority to go out and make disciples. <laughs> you like that little bait and switch? See, what if what he, the thing that it calls out to your heart is God reeling you in? <laughs> Somebody should do something about that. They probably should. But I'm not capable. No, you're not. I'm a worm and not a man. You're a man. It's okay. Okay. Would you like authority? Yes. Notice what preceded authority, though. Compassion. You can't have authority over what you won't weep for. You can't have, put it another way, you can't be a part of a solution to a problem you're not willing to participate in. Stand out from afar. You know what y'all ought to do? I'm going to tell my congressman what he should do. Because he listens to me. No, he listens to the Benjamins. Just saying. I will talk to Jesus. I will talk to Jesus. And I will ask him, Lord, where should I be? And listen, I've gone to Jesus with some situations. Like, anybody here complain to Jesus? He's such a good listener. And I'm like, I'm not and Jesus is like, what? When you're done. Yeah, exactly. And what happens, he goes, finally, the thing is, oftentimes, what I'll find is God will say, what is that to you? You follow me over here. So he might go, Peter, I love that about you. I love that. But have you worked out today? What does that have to do with anything? I'm powerless. I can't do anything. You could work out. No, no, that's not spiritual enough. (laughs) Obedience is not spiritual enough. That's good to know. I need to remember that. Where is obedience? Obedience is a present tense submission to the will of God in my life now. But if I don't, am I not willing to humble myself and obey, I will seek power somewhere else. Because the only place true power is found when I submit and obey in the moment. And how can I know if I'm obeying? Because the tree will be known by what? The fruit. And what will be the fruit? The fruit will first of all be supernatural and it will be good. There's supernatural bad, just so you know. All right. So guys, if we could have the worship team come up.
I know, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it today and nobody died. That's awesome. All right. Um, what I want to just say right now is there's, there's two places of repentance for us today. One, repentance is simply get our mind aligned with what he's saying. And you probably heard some places. I heard some places. I was repenting up here before you even got started. Um, is There's a couple things. One is... The first place of repentance is to return to the place of God, what do you want me to do? And being obedient, not trying to find another way to be powerful. But the second thing is I want to say is, you know, John put it this way, how can you say you love God who you haven't seen if you hate your brother who you do? I would submit to this, if you have wounds with leadership, that's all of us, I would submit that if we do not forgive and release judgment, we can't even come under healthy leadership when it's available. And I would just encourage us, God wants to pour out directly on you, but he also, you're part of a body and he wants to pour through people. And that's only gonna happen as we forgive and release judgments and honor and bless. And then on the other side, if we get in our lane and we get obedient to God today for what he's called us to do. Does that make sense? All right, let's stand. Father, I just thank you that, Lord, all of this is impossible apart from your spirit. But you give your spirit without measure. And so we can trust you, Lord. Show us where you're pouring out the grace and the favor and the presence of, in our lives, in what, what people, in what bodies, in what places, and in what acts of obedience. And Lord, we will plug in because there we'll have authority to take responsibility. We'll have power to take responsibility in the situations of our lives. We love you, Lord, in your beautiful name.